do you remember? Can you remember? And not just in romantic songs, but in kids' songs, too. I can't remember the words to this song. How does it go? Where did I go wrong? I just can't... The problem of can we remember shows up in 90s grunge as well. So what does our bad memory, fatigue, scarcity, and stop doing lists all have in common? Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Matt Faust Mashup. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 8. We're actually... It's a very practical episode talking about stop doing lists. I'm thankful and deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me. Let's jump right into it. Why is it that we have this this need to express and to, to delve into the idea of our memory? Why is it that there are so many songs about not being able to remember and there's movies and there's there's verses written about memory? I don't have the answer to that question. I like to have answers, but I don't. I do have two concepts from research that I'd like to share with you. The first one has to do with scarcity. Would you believe there are more payday loan businesses than there are McDonald's, Target's combined? Yes, the payday loan, the bad loan with a high interest rate. It's not a smart choice. It never is. But they are so popular. Because, not because people are irresponsible necessarily with their money, but because when people are in a state of scarcity, the only thing they can focus on is getting the quick fix to what they are scarce in. It's the same reason that if you or I went without food for four or five days or, or even a month, the one predominant urge that we would focus on that we really could not resist it would be an evolutionary impulse would be food that's the power of scarcity it's a it's a sales tactic we know that sales go on and they have to do with a scarce amount of time they may have to do with a scarce amount of products and it prompts buyers to buy the power of scarcity And the second problem I'd like to talk to you about is the problem of bandwidth. 
Yes, it's a technical term, and we know bandwidth has to do with like the internet. When you're streaming a movie in very high quality, when you're downloading a photo album, all of these things require internet resources so that, well, things like your email tend to run a little slower. The bandwidth is not large enough. In psychology, the same idea applies to cognitive resources. There is a certain amount of bandwidth that we can work with. You may have heard of the task that requires you to remember a string of digits. Usually it's eight digits. And while remembering these digits, you are also asked to listen to a conversation. Very basic cognitive task, the conversation is. But hands down, people who are asked to do this task will either be able to remember the eight digits or have a thorough comprehension of the conversation. But both tasks cannot successfully be completed. And that's because we can only focus on so much at one time. We have cognitive bandwidth constraints. But what does this have to do with schools and improving the performance of your people? I have not yet met a team of teachers who will tell you they have enough time to do everything they need to do, or a team of teachers who will tell you they have enough resources and funds to do the things that best fit the needs of their students. Rather, teachers will tell you over and over, they function, they work in a state of scarcity. Additionally, there's not a school or school system that any of us can go to where we don't find some record or history or even the current state of pendulum swings, moving from one program to another, one initiative to another, until we have initiative fatigue. And this is where bandwidth and scarcity cause a terrible intersection. Let's take, for example, the power of have-to myths. The have-to myths spread just as most contagions do from person to person. They're rarely transmitted in single mass actions. They spread and then they take hold. The power of the have-to myth is how deeply it can persist in a group, a small team. When that group develops a pattern of behavior around the idea that they have to do something, all of your communication and your efforts are warped into the context of the have-to myth. For example, we have to complete this form. We have to keep it on file. Even though I know it takes an inordinate amount of time, it has no impact on learning, we, we have to do it. We're supposed to. In reality, you gave the form to your instructional leadership team and they passed it to the team leaders. A single team leader thought it was a mandate and the have-to myth began. 
its roots were established and the team believes the myth. They believe it because they're trying to do what's right and working in a state of scarcity, they focus in on the have-to myth. Whatever it is, whatever the practice or, or procedure is, they believe the myth was actually established by you. And the myth has secret powers. And the difficulty of these myths is the leadership is unaware of them. You, you'd clear them up otherwise. The have-to myth has the power to drain. It can drain energy, efficiency, willingness to change, and flexibility. And it's not that anyone's trying to drain these things. It's not a conscious effort. It's not stubbornness. It's merely a byproduct. The capacity of our cognitive bandwidth gets drained and our effectiveness declines as a result. It's a secret power at play and it's often the unintended side effect of a lack of clarity. So what can we do about the have-to myths? I'd like to offer one simple solution. The stop doing list. Let's talk briefly on one simple way to start creating stop doing lists. It's just one way. I'm sure you can think of many other or better ways. But the important part is that we make this a routine habit in your culture every semester creating stop doing lists. It's so simple. Meeting number one is a brainstorm. Let's look at six simple steps. Number one, gather a team together, state the purpose before arriving so they can already have some thoughts stirring. Step two, commit to only 15 minutes plus a second 15 minute follow-up. Number three, ask two quick questions. What do you do that you've been told to do that you don't believe impacts learning? And question two, what do you do that you believe could be modified to get a larger impact? The purpose of the meeting is to answer these two questions. Step four, put the answers on a T-chart. One side says stop doing, the other side says could modify. Step five, there's no judgments or criticism. It's a brainstorm, so we're accepting all responses. And step six, inform the people in the meeting that the list is not final. That's what the next meeting will be for. Now, in between meetings, you or you and your leadership team will evaluate the list. Carefully consider each side of the T-chart. The modify side should be easily approved. That's a great way to value involvement and to recognize that equifinalities are a valuable part of your culture. On the stop doing side, consider which of the recommendations are firmly grounded in the school's vision values? Now, in meeting number two, we're going to make actions. If the team is recommending stopping actions or programs or initiatives that are grounded in the vision values, there's two things you must consider. Number one, the vision value maybe hasn't been communicated clearly enough. So now you know what needs to be communicated. And don't be afraid of using redundancy. Vision values must be clearly communicated. 
And number two, if someone's recommending an action or program to stop doing that's grounded in a value, well, maybe there's a better program or action that could enact this vision value. So that's where the discussion needs to center in the second meeting. If the team is recommending stopping actions or programs uh, that are not grounded in the values, then it's simple. Stop doing those things. Done deal. I hope you find that this is a very simple approach to creating stop doing lists. But more importantly, I hope you start enacting stop doing lists at least every semester. It'll increase the bandwidth and minimize the scarcity and overall will improve the effectiveness of your people. It's my sincere hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the MathOst Mashup. If you want to get the research for the psychology in this episode or the show notes that outline some details and resources for you, please visit mathfaust.com slash mashup. M-A-F-O-S-T dot com slash mashup. Thanks again. I only ask one thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it along. Now, let's go out there and make an impact.